I'm in a strong agreement with that, man. Mental illness, man, it's powerful. Yeah, when you move the, remove the ego, Mike Tyson talk about removing the ego. And when you move the ego, you can then become happy. It's the ego, man. It's this sense of entitlement and thinking that you're the only person to ever go through something. And because it's you that is yeah. it's the most, like, come on, man. You know how many people lose, yeah. lost their parents, lost their mom, lost their dad, but your, your loss is, is supposed to be more important. No, yeah. man. That's, that's, my mom has prepared us for her, her her demise, not even demise, let me, let me use, choose the, the words that I use yeah. now, her transition, yeah. yeah, her evolution, cause she yeah. looks forward to it, man. Like me and my sister, we already ready to start laughing for, at the funeral. We already yeah. know, cause uh, we already had this conversation. Like my youngest sister is gonna probably struggle. But, uh, but, but, but me and my, my sister right behind me, man, she just, my, my mother prepared us you know, and, 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 and as far as this, like this next place, you know, that other yeah. place, you know, wherever that next journey is. Every living thing got to go through it, right? So, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, hey, that's, but that's, let's get started, man. Let, let's, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Let me finish no, your no, thought. No, no, no. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what they've been teaching us, you know. Um, mm -hmm. They've just been telling us that story in so many different ways, you know. It's very interesting that we got so many stories about it. Right. But the things that makes us makes that spirit feel good, that makes it connect, you know? Right, so right. It's not harming nobody, you know? And everyone's practicing their love, whatever the transition is, man. I I just ask for God to bless it, you know? Absolutely, man. Now, I got my I got my notebook out in front of me too, bro. So Oh, okay. Know, just don't yeah, don't mind me if you, me if you see me looking down. No yeah, worries. I still I still got my geeky things, man. I like got all these like colorful pens and stuff. So it right. like keeps my thoughts, you know. Understood, so, understood. Uh hey, discipline is good. Those are good habits to keep. Yeah, man. I'm trying to you know stay. What I'm saying? Absolutely, man. So um so it is. I mean, I know I me, mean, Coach Mo, if there's anything, you're definitely a consistent man. You know. I'm, 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 I'm learning that. I'm learning that. Yeah. In what way? So what I do we? Mean, what do you mean? We, what, we, in what way you mean? Yeah. I mean, in a way of just being consistent of um, seeing things through, you know. Um, but also consistent um, on being able to express yourself the the best way that you feel that you know how to, you know. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Given any any environment, no matter if you're a professor or if you're teaching kids in Haiti, if you with your wife or if you with your boys, you know, I'm um, yeah, man to me. So I appreciate cool. it, man. It's humbling, man. I'm I'm um man, extremely humbling. So let's go ahead and get started, man. On that note, made my heart feel good. But yeah, man. So again, this is Mofo. Uh, uh, this is the second interview part one no interview one part two is what we're gonna call this because we got some raw footage of us just just freestyling just talking so uh but I'm, I'm excited to have a young man that i really respect and admire and watch grow up um it's so cool to say that you know knew him as a freshman in college uh football player 
And um, now I can say that he's grown into a man doing his own thing and ventured out into some very unique areas. And, um, you know, I think he has a lot to share with the world. So, um, um, so without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to Mr. Dante Settle. What's going on, little brother? What's up, Coach Mo? How you feeling? Brother, man, I'm good because I'm great. Let me say that. I'm great. I feel excellent because I'm alive. You know what I'm saying? I got another day. I got another 24. You heard me. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Your smile tells it all, man. Oh, woo. Man, I got to tell you something. Somebody told me not too long ago, Bo, you look like the freest black man in Chattanooga. (laughs) I I was laughing so hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, but that put a, that put a sexy smile on my face, man. I just feel so <laughs> your brother. Yeah. I, 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 when I tell you, my stress level has been reduced so much, man. You're just just That's reduced so much, man. But yeah, I get to sit on a, you know, right now with these steps, man. I got some shade, man. I can hear the birds chirping, man. Loving it, man. Yeah, yeah that's man. A good, so, that's uh, a good move. Got to yes, get sir, that in, coach. Absolutely. So, Mr. Dante Settleman, uh, uh, so we met at Robert Morris University mm-hmm. uh, in the 2000. You were a freshman um, out of the D.C. area. Shout out to D.C. I got all my peoples out there. I spent oh. two years out there. Shout out to the DMV. Woo, the DMV, baby. We're going to get it to DMV, but hold on a second. Because uh, it plays such a pivotal uh, role in my life, in my development, um, 2002 to 2004. But you grew up there. You were born there, man. So tell me about D.C. and uh, uh, just the DMV and how much it means to you and, and how did it mold you? Yeah. It, so, you know, when you say DMV, for just in case others don't know, that means the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, you know, um, also was known as Chocolate City. At one point, Um, but growing up here in the 80s, um, definitely was a good time. I I think when we go back in those day and areas in metropolitan areas, of course, we have the crime. We have we have every every community have their their issues. Um, But one way of growing up, I want to say it was it started with my household within my parents. in in a way in a manner that they was able to raise like two boys and of course some other family members but also pay, play a pivotal role in the community too um so my experience growing up in dc um um it felt like love because of because of the community base that was that we had to hold each other on to and again every we all had our we all had our you know, our, our things that was going on in the community. And we all know what we're talking about during that time in the eighties and some of the epidemics that happened in the black community. Right. Uh, let's call it, you know, crack cocaine, t- you know, heroin, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, these drugs crack. that yeah. absolutely crack. Yes. yes. You know, um, and it still affects the black community. Absolutely. Bit, you know, Absolutely, yes, yeah. uh, undeniable. Uh, you know, the, st- the stats don't lie. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. So I, um, 
you know, we tried, you know, parents played a pivotal role, um, community support played a pivotal role because I was in mm -hmm. a lot of sports all the time. Right. Um, my parents were very active in the community, running the rec center, my father running youth programs. Uh, so being able to play a role as a young man early on to, you know, uh, be a part of that community leadership through my parents mm -hmm. um, played right. a huge role in my development and navigating the city, you know, so... Um, yeah. So, so I, I, home. This is home. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Speaking of man, how the children doing, man? Doing excellent. Yeah, they're doing great. Yeah. Um, one is in high school, uh, okay. ninth grade, and and my daughter's eight years old and making so many strides in her development. So, yeah. um, I have a lot of things to be blessed for. Yeah, talk Definitely. about your daughter, man. Her challenges, because I know there's a lot of parents out there that could possibly use some information uh, um, um, talk about her, her her development and the strides she's making the challenges um, but yeah please by all means yeah yeah um, so my my beautiful daughter Chloe Jasmine so um, was born in on April 6 2012 and she had a rare genetic condition um, that rare genetic condition which was called muscle eye brain disease. Uh, which is a part of a, a genetic strand of muscular dystrophy. Okay. Uh, so she was going to have her challenges coming into the world of uh, learning speech, learning how to walk, how to function, her motor skills. Um, uh, and she continued to make strides um, throughout that process of uh, doing our best to create an environment where she can develop. Um, and so over the course of time, she had low vision, um, which pretty much made her legally, legally blind now. Um, uh, but all of the therapy of her, still there's like a core development that's happened. If you're able to provide a home of love around that child, you know? Um, and she can feel a lot of love, even though she can't see, she can hear. She can't, mm -hmm. she'll know how to vocalize it by giving kisses and hugs and things like that. Mm -hmm. but there are, um, there's a core uh, process of, of um, asking for the help, being a part of the communities to let you know that you're not on your own. Um, mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of support, you know, on a local and a state level um, in trying to ensure that the special needs population or the intellectual and developmental di disability population still get an opportunity to thrive and still enjoy life like every other human would love to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm so glad she's doing well, man. So glad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So what brought us together is, again is was the, the the love of football, right? The sport of Absolutely. football brought us together. So I remember uh, in our a uh, 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 conversation yesterday that you know we talked about youth footballs you know and we all have that experience you know for those of us in the sport man you play youth football and you got a chance to go on to play high school college and pro you know where it began it can literally shape your your the, the trajectory of your football experience so you your dad was a coach and, yes. and, and he and, and you got into the game at what age Six. Six years old. Now tell me this this this, this yeah. now paint that picture for us. What year and, and paint that picture for us? No doubt. Um 1988. 
Uh, then, uh, so my father ran a program, but, and he was actually one of the successors of this program that football was always a part of our neighborhood and our community. So Lamont Riggs program uh, was uh, a program that started in the late 60s. Um, and so it's been around for a long time. Um, when my father started to run the program, he noticed that I would be running around with him because he played flag football. And so a lot of high school buddies were running around playing flag football. And me being his son, I'm out there. You know, the field was right across the street from where I lived. So um, um, over that course of time, me always just being around football, there was a level of camaraderie that was there uh, that I got a chance to see as black men doing. They were having fun doing it. Um, and it was something where I just, I just saw that it brought people together, you know? Um, so when I was able to sign up for my first time, you know, I was six years old. We only had one pound at that time, which was, I think two pounds, which was 75 and an 85 pound or something. Mm-hmm. And I played 75. The oldest you can be playing 75 at that time was 11. And I was the baby one of it, six years old, running around with them. Wow. I didn't see no field. <laughs> but you but, you was a six-year-old going against an 11-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. I know you showed that picture. Uh, that picture was a, was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you and your father see how small you were out there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't start until ninth grade, so uh, a fourteen. So at six, my goodness, just yeah. introduced. So, so how how was it playing for uh, uh, for a coach? That's your father. Uh, so, um, again, with my father being not only my head coach, but him also being the leader of one of the leaders of the organization. Um, my father was. Um, he was a he was an excellent coach. He's well respected all the way through. I respect him as a man and as a coach. Um, but it was my father didn't talk a lot. He's not a rah rah guy to get you fired up. But his work ethic in learning the game was so impressive. Um, so at a young age, learning how to break down film. At a young age, learning how to um, how to look at the cues to give you a heads up of what's about to happen, what's, what right. the play is. Um, and I mean, he, he groomed us that even at a young age, um, from the probably starting at the age of 10 after playing football for a while, like our kid, like our quarterbacks and our kids were calling audibles. So right. um, he was an excellent coach. He was a great communicator amongst the, the adults. So seeing him can never, Never, no one ever came to him wrong, you know, saying that he did something or did something wrong. Or right. um, so it was. It was an honor to play for Lamont Riggs and and my father and his friends that became my uncles and neighborhood uncles and mentors and men that that uh that I can definitely model my character after at an early age. So that yes. was uh, that was impressive. Yeah, true sense of community true sense of community in every word yeah, um, in, some, in, in some in some cases um, that community may have been the only family that some of these kids had um, right. growing up so to have that extension 
for other children that may not have had the same opportunities from a household standpoint or same family experience or structure that we may have had at that time. Um, the community was able to extend themselves as men and women to these other children um, to make sure that they ate, make sure that they got home, you know, those things. So seeing that at an early age was, I mean, that I think that's what really, you know, kept me going, you know, because right, I right, saw what right. it can do for yeah. Now let, let, let's just talk about the personal stuff now. So you were always the smallest on your team. Yes, yeah. you were the you were the mighty might. So so yeah. uh, 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 we go. I'm gonna fast forward real quick, and then we are gonna work <coughs> our way back. So right. the first time again, I, we talked about this yesterday. But the first time I saw you on the field on a practice field, I think it was drills. It might have been early, but I just remember getting a chance on. Uh, 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 as a defensive line coach getting a glimpse of offense every once in a while and there was always people that stood out right so a freshman I'm like okay it's the print size but I saw bursts I saw those first two steps I saw completion I saw hand uh, 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 placement and um, on the uh, arm and bicep forearm as relates to running that ball I, could, I noticed that you was also able to be equal you know what I'm saying? That Tiki Barber technique that uh, uh, his head coach with the Giants, uh, Tom Coughlin, uh, 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 emphasized and became yeah. now why, how everybody carry that ball that way. You got to really know yeah. your football to know that. You know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it notice yeah. that you can do it with both hands and, and notice the balance. Also, you know, your ability to shift uh, 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 your body weight and, 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 and burst. You know, and so I said, this one gonna be a dog. We got us one. I don't know where you from, but we got us one. So we had, I had to follow up, you know what I'm saying? That I think my roommate, Deshaun Henry, shout out to Deshaun Henry. No he, doubt. And your position coach that recruited you. If yes. I'm not mistaken, I, I wanna say that he mentioned you. I'm, I can't, I cannot verify that, but he did stress some people from the DMV. It had to be, you had to be one of them. Yeah. I, Cause I know you popped on that tape. So yeah, man. So when well, it's work out, like I said, we're going to work our way back though. So yes. now you playing, uh, uh, you're the smallest on the team. When, yes. w- tell us your first touchdown. Cause that story is hilarious. But yeah. just, <laughs> tell a story about how you scored your first so, touchdown. So again, playing, I was already playing for two years and mind you, I'm playing against, um, I'm playing against, you know, bigger kids over that time. And this was, um, I was nine years old. So now, mind you, I've rolled the bench for two years. Because my right. father just wouldn't let me in, you know. He's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting excited to get in there. Next thing you know, my, my cliques are flying all over the place, you know. So he protected me in that aspect. And right around nine years old is when um, I finally got a chance to start. And I started at mm. wingback, you know. Right. Right, and, right. And playing wing back, um, uh, that that uh, wing T formation during that time, right? Um, <clears throat> we had a play. We had a we had a reverse. So my father, mm-hmm. the name and the name of that play was called nine twenty five reverse. Okay, so <laughs> definitely don't forget. Yes, sir. You don't. You don't. That's right. Um, 
and then he um he um he's watching film the night before was really into uh-huh. this film he's like listen you know this is going to be one of those games where you're going to get an opportunity you know, and you're probably going to score and i was like he's like showing me the film and he's like so you're going to score when you score <laughs> don't celebrate don't slam the ball you know just give the ball to the ref and right. then run back to the sideline, okay? Right, right. Then he tried to give me the, the Barry Sanders speech, you know. You seen Barry Sanders run when he scored? He just hands the ball off. He tried to give me that stuff, right? Right, right, right. Let me tell you something more. <laughs> and I got that 925 reverse. Number one, I probably ran about a 4-2 at nine years old. Trying man, to- I believe you, bro. I know you dreamed of that. Dre, imagine, oh, man. Again, imagine knowing your trust in your dad, who is a football mind. He know what he's doing, and you being told that you're going to score a touchdown. You're going, yes. and because the the if you know what a reverse is, it's when you get the defense going in one direction, and the ball is pitched or or, or transitioned from one person to another, going in the opposite direction, where you're and using flow against the defense. Yes. So. Yes, and, and, and so you got to a chance to know ahead of time that you was going to score. And you still could not contain yourself. I could not contain myself. <laughs> I think it was like a, it, was, it might have been like a 25 or 30 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. It felt like 100 yards because I was, oh, I, bet. I was just going, you know. And, um, you know, teammates came around. They were super happy. You know how they do. They picked me up. Man, yes, I sir. slammed that ball. I took a knee in a prayer. You know, I started dancing, you know. My father, you know, being a proud father, he probably just knew that that was going to happen. But being, yeah. being a proud father, he just said, good job. You know, he wasn't right, a right, right. Like that, so, Eventually, you start doing the Barry Sanders thing. Uh, yeah, after a while, then it became, you know, Dad started being like, hey, man, that's what you're supposed to do, you know? That's like, right. Routine. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So then, so now you're, you're, you're uh, uh, when your first start, let's talk about your first start in Little League. How was that? What was that experience like? I mean, you just getting used to the contact and the, and the flow of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, actually being in the game a lot more and being a role player. I wasn't no star running back. I wasn't the star of the team. It was definitely way more kids that were much more talented on that team. Right. But, you know, being a wing back, you know, making these certain blocks and holding some accountability was a lot, was, was upon the new responsibilities now, you know? Right, um, right. And that, that carried on into a season. I really didn't start really turning it up um, until my 10th grade year because also during my first start years at nine, <clears throat> I was, um, they will put me in at uh, the scout running back, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll do, you know, these 11 on 11 practices and I didn't start on defense. I started on offense, but not defense. So um, I don't know, something happened like, you know, I kept bugging my dad. Hey, dad, I can run the ball. Like, give me a chance, you know? And he was like, you know, just get in there, you know? And and so he let me play running back. 
I think the first time I, I touched that ball and I saw the hole open up, and this is against the starting defense, and one of the like top best players on our team was he was coming up to tackle me. Um, and I stuck my shoulder pad in his chest and kept going. And ever since then, that's when I knew, oh, either I can go full speed and through somebody, or I can move around them. But you ain't never going to slow down ever again. Like, you're never going to slow down ever running the ball ever again. Love it. Once love I learned it, love that, it. yeah. Now, and what, how old were you when you? How old were you when you felt that? When you Nine. Said that? Nine years old. That's right. So now you're officially getting some playing time. You started. Then my following year, I started at running back at tailback because all the other kids got older. I played seventy-five for five years, so I made a whole wow. career. Wow. <laughs> you had a whole little league career. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't too many. It ain't too many people that can say that. You had a whole. It, it, it kept going. It did. All right. So then, and then right, you got right to, around ten. That's when it really kicked off. That's when, um, the way I was playing was just a way more physical, aggressive type of mentality at that point. Because now, if I'm running the ball that way, right. then that also applies to defense too. Mm -hmm. You know. So now it's just coming downhill faster. You know taking blocks yeah. on, you know, like mm -hmm. way more faster. And I noticed that the more I kept going full speed, like at some point, somebody was going to like stop at that age, you know? Absolutely. Like, right, right, no right. so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so something else we share is that when we got to ninth grade, <laughs> we, neither one of us played freshman football. Nope. We stayed with our little league team. So for you, you had a whole career, and for me, I was just being introduced to the f sport formally. Yeah. So I didn't feel that I was prepared to play high school ball. Now, I talk mad shit like I did. Yeah. <laughs> Make no mistakes about that. At five foot two, 140 yeah. pounds, I was cocky. I wore my I wore my little league jersey to school. <laughs> On game day, when they were they wearing their freshman jersey, and I <laughs> hey, and I know they were clowning me, and yeah. I said, guess what? We undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what we undefeated. <laughs> That's now, a I'm the only I'm, I'm the only dumbass wearing his jersey to high school. <laughs> That's how much was. That's how much of a square I was. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, again, we were undefeated. Yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? But yeah, so you yes. played Little League, man. So so you played your freshman year. And you actually got two extra. You played your freshman and sophomore year. Yeah. I, Talk I didn't about go, that. Yeah. So what was interesting is, I, even though I was in high school, mm -hmm. at, in D.C., in D.C., we didn't start high school until 10th grade. So, oh, okay. Got yeah, you, got so you. We had junior high schools instead of middle school. Gotcha. So ours was some you just got started in seventh, eighth, and ninth in gotcha. junior high school, and tenth, eleventh, twelfth was high school. Um, mm. so some of the kids, some of like my friends, they actually played JV for the team because you can play that at ninth grade. Um, I think my father now again because the league that we played in was a weighted league. Now what that means is that we had to weigh a certain weight, like you said. Oh. 
yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. Oh, tell yeah. tell them, tell them, tell them the, how we used to suffer from oh, trying to make weight. Go I ahead, mean, man. Yeah, so you know, talking about this now, at that age, like kids during that time had to weigh a certain weight. Um, your age had to match the weight and the level of the play. So there was kids running around in trash bags. They were going to saunas, <laughs> you know what I mean? They were, I mean, if some of them were, were just naturally growing because it wasn't like the black communities were the most well-nourished places as it right. pertains to food, you know? Yes. Um, but they, they were just growing and some of them just couldn't help it. Um, but me, on the other hand, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, I mean, I would step up with all my equipment on. They'd be like, just move, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I didn't have the issue of, of weight. <laughs> but I will say this, though, because of that, um, because the game started to become much bigger, faster, and stronger, um, my father became my coach. My very last year, my father was my coach. Um, but he prepared me as as if I was in high school. So the type of films I had to watch, the breakdowns of it, I had to work a little bit more on my strength and training a little bit more. So he mm -hmm. hired a personal trainer to help me during that time. Oh, wow. Ran, I had to run track. So, um, and that year I think they, they only had four games or something where I played 12 games that year. So mm -hmm. going into, high school mm. playing my 11th grade year uh, people knew who I was because they considered me like a little league quote unquote little league all-star you know type right. of guy um, and uh, but some of the other coaches didn't really see that but one thing that was about me is like I didn't I didn't ride the bench coach Mo like yes sir since I was nope. seven or eight years old that was it you know Right, um, you don't know what that is. You don't know that, yeah. <laughs> right? Hey, brother, right. hey, it's not again something else that not too many people know about. Unfortunately, my freshman year in college, I, I mean, I, I did special teams, I, I guess you can count that, but I don't personally, right. you know what I'm saying? My position that I was recruited for, that's what I consider, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, my freshman year, I gotta say that I, you know, yeah, but uh. You know, you got, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Nobody, man. We, we, man, Tom Brady rode the bench behind a yes, quarterback yes, for years. Sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We're, we, so, we, if we taste it, we ain't stay there. Oh, yeah. Not at all. You know saying? Not at all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, uh, 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 you, you get there your junior year, you, you start off at, at strong safety. Strong. You don't safety. get to play running back, which is what you're known for. That's what you do, but you 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 end up starting at strong safety, though. Yes. So how how was it playing strong safety? So now, I what did, NFL player did you look up to at strong safety? Yeah. At strong safety, I mean, I was still in the area of running backs, you know, because you know ah, you got Marshall Falk. Right. You know, I was that. You know, um, during that time, I mean, there was a lot of defenders that you could respect, of course, you know, growing up. Loving Ronnie Lott and Darren Woodson and Rod Woodson and right. uh, you know a lot of the DBs and linebackers and things. Um, um, but with my mindset, I was really focused on um, uh, you know I needed to be on that field. 
And how I got that opportunity was we was in practice and our starting wide receiver ran a slant. So I was on the scout team. And uh, their starting wide receiver, our starting wide receiver in practice, like a two-a-day practice, right. ran a slant. And they must have thought I was going to slow up when I was going to hit them. But I, mm. hit, I, hit, I hit my teammates so hard mm. <laughs> that I had to kind of like unloosen his take his helmet off, unloosen his thing. And then the defensive coach is like, we found our strong safety. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So and, you became a starter just like that. One hit. Yeah. Yeah, you know I think saying? it's also, Mom, there was a level of hard work, you know, right. of like having to prove yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I never took those, I never took that from gra- for granted because um, most of my successes at a young age during my youth age came from a certain level of hard work and commitment. <clears throat> and so yes, staying after practice a little longer to run sprints while I'm running the stairs, you know, I invited some of my teammates to come and work out with me, go run Maryland University steps, do jump ropes, you know, that whole nine. Um, and so, you know, just working on the skill and the craft of getting better at it. Yeah. Um, I think one time the last game of the season playing against Dunbar, um, they opened and kicked off. I asked them, I kept asking the coach, I can run the ball, get me back there, let me run. And he said, he looked at me because I guess somebody was hurt and he just like shoved me on the field. Like he pushed right. me like, you better not fumble that ball. He was right. Saying, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, don't, that ball came to me. I it took it 65 yards. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I ran back to the I ran back to the sideline and he was like, oh shit, you can't run. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Say what year what grade is this? Year, right? This is eleventh grade. Eleventh uh, grade. Yeah, this is eleventh grade. And then um that following year, my, my father made he kind of made a somewhat of a business decision for me to I uh, find better opportunities that would like to offer my wishes for my last year. So my last year, I ended up going to Northwestern, um, became their first thousand yard rusher up over there. Um, Did some amazing things, had some single game rushing records and stuff like that. And um, paved the way for some of those other younger guys that came in right behind me too. Um, And hence that following year, that's how I met you coach. I was I was already on this wave of commitment and working hard, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And before we get into your recruiting process, I want you to talk about as a high school student, as a running back, what was your physical uh, regimen, like your your fitness regimen as far oh, as the weights? Because yeah. I want, oh, first of all, we got to give you, what's people, tell people your height. So while you was in high school, as starting running back your junior year, I mean, going into your senior year of starting running back. Right, yes, so junior year strong yeah. safety, senior year running back. But what was your what, what is your size and what is your workout regimen? Sure. So my actual size is five six. My program is always going to give me five eight. So I always yes, sir. the program directors. But uh, my actual height is five six. During that time, at a running back, I was probably buck fifty five. Buck fifty five. Um, but then my Yes, yes. Um, the intelligence of the game actually had me become a great runner. 
Um, so yeah. I had the instincts of a running back and I could oh. take the hitting. Um, right. The importance of keeping your feet moving when you get hit and stuff like that. So that right. skill. But after, when I went to Northwestern, once they started teaching me um, how to actually work out. Uh -huh. During that time in D.C. public schools, they ain't really teachers. They didn't like the resources. But we had some committed, some really, really committed coaches at Northwestern. Um, uh -huh. And we used to do this K-State, Kansas State workout. Um, that to the point, by the time I ended up at Robert Morris, um, I was power cleaning at least 315. I was oh, wow. squatting at least, I was squatting at least 525. And... We were doing snatches. We were doing clean and press. We were doing a lot of, you know, pumping the iron. And I, I easily put up about uh, I started 155 before I went to Robert Morris. I while I was at Robert Morris my freshman year, I got up to 180. Oh so wow! I, so you played at 180 uh, your freshman year. My fresh your freshman year at Robert Morris. I mean my yeah, freshman my year. Yeah. My first year meeting you. Yep. Wow, 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 wow. So uh, before we get into that, we gotta talk about academics. Now how well did you do? What did you get on the ACT if you don't mind me asking? I'm gonna ask all my guests that. Sure. Um sure. No, I I'm, I barely, I barely. <laughs> um but I was at eight ninety, but it was enough for me to qualify because of my grade point average. Yeah, what was your GPA, graduating GPA? My, my GPA was uh, 3.8, so. 3.8, okay, yes. see, let me tell you, your boy, 2.2, mm. 14 on the ACT. Yeah, see? <laughs> hey, hey, SAT, 560. Yes, okay, yeah. And I tell people, I'm, I am not ashamed. Yes. That <laughs> is what I scored. Me you know too. what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's my score now. You want to see what I've done after that? You know, we're going to talk about that eventually too. But that was my yeah. high school uh, GPA and scores. But so uh, um, you had a high GPA, dad, don't play that. You know what I'm saying? A student athlete, you get to uh, 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 know that. You know that the importance of both, right? Oh, this, this ain't that. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and uh, my, my boy who I, I interviewed too yesterday, uh, um, Florida State, man, running back. He was a walk-on, but he mm -hmm. talked about study habits, man. So before we get into study habits, oh, we hold man. on to that thought. But you know, actually, we want to talk about your study habits in high school. What was that like? Yeah. yeah. So Woodrow Wilson was um, was I was dealing. Woodrow Wilson was considered one of the top academic schools from a DC public school standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, um, so. You know, with so many cultures and everyone's uh, learning possibilities, like we were loaded with homework. I mean, right. it was always going to be homework. Um, like you just said, my parents ain't really play that. So, you know, them get receiving calls and things like that. I didn't receive like my first failed grade until 10th grade, um, which was in geometry, you know. Um, and that, and you know, this was almost like an AP class a little bit because that that teacher was fairly difficult. Um, but um, the habits at Northwestern was a little bit different. Um, um, I had more, I had more opportunities at Northwestern because um, uh, to practice a little bit more character and restraint because I had a half a day. So my responsibilities were 
once I'm finished at lunchtime, I can go anywhere, you know, like oh, wow. people still in school. I can go back home. I can do anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but the habits of still getting your homework done. Um, and, and Maryland, and when I went to a Maryland school versus a DC school, their curriculum was a little bit different too, Mo. So mm-hmm. a lot of the work that I did when it was a ninth and 10th grade, they were doing it my senior year. So right. I still had all my notes. I still had all my books. I still had all, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, um, and that also helped with my GPA too, right? Because, you know, I just learned something new. Um, but th- it really didn't connect to me until I got to, to college, you know, um, being away from home, being away from responsibilities on a different right. place is very easy to lose focus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but that actually, um, there was a situation of just not letting my like my parents or my teammates down through school, mm. you know. Right, right, um, right. I didn't want to blow. I didn't want to blow my opportunity at this football thing, like messing it up in school. And speaking of that, and man. I also knew, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. Finish your no, thought. And, and I also knew all if I as long as I continue to stay eligible. When my chance comes with that, when that other kid, I mean, if I'm eligible and somebody else is not, that means they can't take my position. <laughs> right. Absolutely, so, man. You know? and, and and I know you, like myself, has witnessed so many dudes that had the potential to go and play college ball, whether it's D1, what the level we played, 1AA, you know, 2-3. But the point is they could have continued their career or they just were not willing to ex- accept the fact that academics came with it too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you hear those same guys like, man, of course they wish, they wish they would have, man, but it's it's unfortunate because really accept the fact that, man, this academic stuff is part of it too. Oh, definitely my freshman year. <clears throat> I mean, I, I went, I in went college. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. College. Um, I mean, I took my academics in high school very seriously, too, because you have to be eligible and things. Right. But there's also a transition phase. Sometimes we just get by just to get by, right? Mm-hmm. To get those yep. passing grades. Um, um, some people, some teachers, like, care for you a little bit more, so they work with you a little bit more just to, mm-hmm. you know, keep you there. I was never a knucklehead. So, you know, education was very important because my, my mother – grew up um, very Afri- Af- um, African-minded sentiments. Mm-hmm. So being in touch with the culture and the, the importance of that, um, you know, everybody in the neighborhood knew my mother in play, so I couldn't go anywhere acting like I was this big tough guy or right, you know, something right. that I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, because they, they know who my parents are. Um, um, so I did take that. I mean, I understand homework had to get done. But it's the responsibility when you when it came to college, like it didn't matter if you was the superstar on that team no more. They didn't care if you ain't make the grade. You ain't make the grade. You yeah. you you just didn't play. You or you going back home, you know. And I witnessed. I went up there with about twelve to thirteen guys from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Um, and probably if you add Virginia in that, there's more. That's yeah, added. Oh, yeah. Um, but literally in one year, one freshman year, it I was the only one. 
they everybody out of they they dropped out of school they didn't complete school you know they couldn't you know handle the transition to to focus and things like that and a lot of kids also um had come in and had to work towards their eligibility coming from high school so they yeah. had freshman year you know and to had to prove themselves in their freshman year that they can become eligible to play for Robert Morris at that time. Prop 48 is what Yeah, saying. Prop 48. They don't know, but a lot of people don't know about Prop 48, man. Yeah. Prop 48 was rough. I, You know, it's yeah. funny. I went to a military school in Boonville, Missouri my first two years. And if it wasn't for that, I would have been a prop somewhere. Yes. You know, if I would have even pursued football at that point, I want to believe that I would have. But yeah, um, um, I probably would have ended up with my grades and my GPA. I would have ended up a prop. But again, it was almost like Prop 48 still gave brothers a chance, yes. right? Yes. You still, but then to see how many Prop 48s that just didn't make it, yes. right? On their own dime, like you would think like, okay, this is my investment in me for the love of ball, but it still wasn't enough, yeah. man. But um, but you were one of the ones, again, that stayed from the DMV area. And, and again, freshman year, you, 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 you come in, you got competition. I know you're not used to riding no bench, but you 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 meet somebody that's in front of you, man. That that's that's at, at running back at Robert Morris University, man. Talk to him. Talk to me about that guy. Yes, man. My my guy, uh, Sam Dorsett. You know, and you know he at one point he was the all-time leading rusher for Robert Morris. Um, um, his his predecessor, who he coached, actually ended up he coached him to beat his record, but. He was in front of me and this boy from Florida, um, <laughs> Miami, Florida too, you know? And, um, you know, it's very interesting when you come in and you don't know anyone, right? Um, there were 72 freshmen, Coach Mo. So we had a whole JV team of a college team yeah. that also played yeah. against Division three schools. Um, and out of those Remember, seven, I, I, I was the D line coach. I mean, no, I was a defensive coordinator for JV. Yes, you were. Yes, yes sir. Were. Yes, sir. <laughs> and um, and so there were only three freshmen that played. I think doing things that were just a little bit extra because there were also other running backs too. I think at that time, like in our running back meeting, there might have been nine running backs in there. You know, coming from all over Ohio. Florida, you got, you know, guys that's juniors and seniors that want to get their chance, you know, at running back. Um, you got guys coming in from JUCO <laughs> that's been getting experience in that mm -hmm. way. Um, and so knowing that Sam was, was com you know, coming in and now he was being called to be that number one guy, um, I had to do things to, at any cost to get on the field. So I participated in all the special teams. I was on the kickoff return team. I was on the punt return team. Anything that got an opportunity to keep that ball in my hand, um, that's what I'll do. Um, and I just patiently waited when my opportunity came in because we were really good at that time. I mean, we were beating teams pretty bad. So I got my opportunity quite a bit to back up Sam and get my full five, six carries and make the best of it when I did, um, including some all-purpose yards from the kickoff returns and kickoff mm -hmm. team, I mean, kickoff return team. So we all, you know, I, I tried to take advantage of as much opportunity as possible 
Um, I, I, him and I had very different styles because he's a, he's very fast and quick, but he's a bruiser of a running back. Right, type right. Of guy. Um, and he could, he can definitely deliver, deliver some hits and. Oh yeah, hit, bowling take, ball. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I came in with a little bit. And, doing, and I just wanted to hone in on that. Right. Uh, I wanted to focus on my speed. I wanted to focus on my um, my quickness and my development of the game. Knowing your plays, because you can't freeze up and not know what you're doing, because then you really won't get no opportunity. Yes, Coach Walton playbook was 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 pretty thick, you know. Um, yes, sir. And, and real quick, we provide context for uh, uh, we want to provide context for this. So head coach is Joe Walton. Joe Walton is former NFL quarter, uh, former NFL head coach, uh, New York Jets in the '80s. Was a office coordinator for the uh, Washington Redskins. Was the Joe Theismann's personal coach, um, quarterback coach. And um, so we're talking about, um, you know, we were coached by legends. Our defensive coordinator, offensive line coach, guru. Bad Rad, Dan Radakovich, who recently yeah. passed away. Shout out to Bad Rad. And uh, um, uh, again, we would brag and our coaches would brag that we were getting a football education as well. So we learned, like, 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 like you said, how to break down film and how to uh, pay attention to detail and how to look for talent and, and all those things that, you know, cause us to be successful. Uh, um, back then, and, and especially that 2000 year, your freshman year, where we yes. go on to win the national championship. And for those yes. who don't know, so there was one double A, right? There was a time when there's one double A non scholarship. Yeah. This was a special football category created for those schools that were growing pretty rapidly, and they had the foundation to, to claim one double A versus two or three. And, and, and provide enough financial uh, financial assistance. They were not called, we have full scholarships then. Again, it's non-scholarship, but some decent packages, depending on who you are, you yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. To be honest, right? Yep. And so, uh, um, and that's what the system was. And, and so um, we won that year in 2000, the national championship for one AA non-scholarship. Let's make sure we yep. say that clear for our level. And if you wonder what what type of schools those those uh those schools in that league it was Wagner uh, Stony Brook uh, what else Saint, <coughs> Albany Saint, Albany Saint Francis Sacred Heart um, yep. you had um, um, but we played against University of Dayton yes sir um, Duquesne yeah uh, uh, there's a there's a few that were in that conference Furman at one point was in non one double a non uh non-scholarship, non-scholarship. so it was, yeah. yeah when we're talking about national rankings one double a non-scholarship across the country right. um it was there was quite a bit of there was quite a bit of teams and robert morris was always ranked in the top yes. one to three every year in the nation absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and uh in 2000, again, we went undefeated that year, won national championship, and and uh, and game ranked number one against ranked number two, Robert Morris University versus the University of Dayton yes. on their field, yes. and and we're talking about uh, uh, Ash uh, turf field, 15,000 students for I mean uh, 15,000 uh, seated stadium. That's for us. That was big. Yes. Uh, 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 
uh, you best believe we we act like it was big too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, tell about tell them about that the first time you got a, a chance to get in the game and, and do your thing, yeah. man. This was this was the fifth game of the season at this point. Um, Sam was having an incredible year. You know, he I mean he I mean I knew at some point I was like, okay, I gotta play my role and take advantage of everything that comes because he's having an amazing year. And we're going up against number one against number two. Um, and like you said, at Dayton, 15,000. So it was a lot of people out there. It was televised um, on in Dayton's broadcast and everything else. And, uh, you know, I couldn't wait. And again, it's one of those things, like, it's a big game. And I love big games, you know? Like, that's that's what I played for as a kid, you know? Right, like, right, right, know? right. And, um, you know, as the game going, goes along, it's a tight game, so it's not that many kickoff returns, not too many punts that's happening. Um, or if they were happening, you know, they weren't really kicking it to me. Sometimes uh, the seniors, my senior uh, fellow <laughs> senior return man would come and steal the ball from me. Go ahead, you got to say his name. You got to yeah, say my, his name. My man, Opio Gary. Opio Gary. Come all the way from across and then just take the ball and just take off. Um, but I get it. He was a senior. He been, he's been wanting to make a play, you know, wanting to make a play and stuff. But then um, Sam tweaked his ankle. Um, and he wasn't able to move the way um, he needed to in this big game. I mean, he's this is they're coming, you know. Um, at this time, we were down. Uh, uh, I want to say that we were down uh, three points at this point. Um, five minutes left and some change in the third quarter. Um, and I've been telling my my boy, who's another one of my teammates, who was a mentor to me. You see, he was a senior at this time, Monroe. And Monroe was, I was telling him, man, I can't wait till I get into the game. I can't, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure I just can't. He just kept hitting me on the shoulder, telling me throughout the whole game, first, second quarter, like, y'all, you're going to get your chance, little bro. You're going to get your chance. And then my number got called. He was like, you're going to get your chance. And, um, Shout out to Monroe, first, man. Shout out to Roe, man. Shout out <laughs> to Roe and his family. Um, so, at, you know, then it became, in, in that third quarter, um, defense is playing lights out. I mean, these are games where we've been blowing people out usually by this time, you know. And you can see the workhorse on both sides, man. I mean, it was, there were some workhorses on each side, and yes, we were sir. going at it. Um, and then coach called that 25 lag draw and mm. they didn't expect the young boy to get the ball, you know, I'm Sam's backup and they didn't really know what I was about. So they never got a chance to really scout report me and prepare me, but I stood patient. And as soon as Tim Levchek gave me that 25 lag draw and I tackled through that guy and took off, I pew, <laughs> took off yeah. on that end zone. Yes, sir. And we were, you know, that was, that was like a huge, that was a huge piece. I think we were, we were up um, at that point that put us at like, um, that put us at uh, where it became 14 to seven. Um, right. I'm sorry, 14, 13. It became okay. 14, 13. And um, 
Um, so from there, you know, uh, I think Sam, they rocked up his ankle or something like that. They wanted to get him back into the game or what have you. Coach looked at him, he's like, nah, don't worry about it. You're gonna, you're gonna let him go. And I just ran with it, man. I mean, I caught every pass that Tim could throw to me. You know, I, I broke every tackle I could, you know, was running through some tackles, some arm tackling. Um, and we even, you know, I even led another drive all the way down to the, to us, for us to get to the goal, goal line just to, so I ended up with like something like 12 or 13 carries for like 77 yards or something like that. Right. So I averaged out to be somewhere like, you know, six, over six yards a carry or seven yards. So it was one of those games that really highlighted. And that was Coach Joe Walton's 100th win, too. So it made it even yeah. bigger. Absolutely, um, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Shout and out I, Joe I'm Walton. Proud to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned Tim Lefchek, man. So, yes, yeah, so Tim Lefchek was the the quarterback uh, uh, won uh, Office Player of the Year for the conference, Northeast Conference, several times. But, you know, we all, me and you were talking about that 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 delivery and the ball, oh, the man. zip on that ball, my goodness. And, and for those who don't know, uh, 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 and receivers out there, uh, when, you, when you got a quarterback, when you can hear the ball when it's coming, because there's a lot of quarterbacks out there, you know, they need to work. But, man, this kid, so pitches six, six quarterbacks. Big six, yes. you know, yes. and throwing that ball, it, it would make a sound. And, and we talked about how he could throw against the wind like no other. Like it was amazing to see that dart that he would throw and the ball would just drop right when it's supposed to into your arms. And you, and you said there was some people that were struggling to catch that ball, right? But you turned, you made a transition, oh, right? Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shout that was Tim. like after that, after that freshman year, um, I worked like no other, you know. I, I I knew if I was gonna if if that was gonna be my role. Ever since I got a taste of kind of like getting the ball and knowing that I can actually do it, you know, and I was able to actually do it as a freshman. I was like, oh, I'm about to take my workouts to a whole nother level now. Um, me and my father started working out five hour days. So as soon as the season was over, we got to work. Um, um, every time I came home from winter break, <clears throat> I would work in the warehouse with my father, um, doing whatever we were doing. And then I would go to my local high school, Northwestern. I'll get back into my power cleans, my squatting, my working out. But then my father started adding the footwork and applying metrics to the speed. So then I came back my following year and I was, I was right up between 180 and 185, but I was like, I was chiseled, you know, I came back like bigger, faster and stronger. Um, but my father also started working on some other skill developments with me. And so we used to practice wide receiver drills. And he said, man, you never, you never know. You never know if you're gonna, you know, need to use the skill, you should learn it. You know, um, you gotta learn how to catch, catching out the backfield, you gotta learn how to run routes. So we started really working in, um, um, we started really like focusing on like the route tree. Um, one, and so my father asked, I think it was Coach Deshaun still, said, hey, can you send me the route tree that you guys run? And we're gonna start working on it. Um, so I got really good on my get off. You know, I started getting really good at like no fall steps, breaking down, boom, making my movements a lot 
crisp and fast. And um, but I came back still with my mindset as a running back, you know. But everybody, because there was no more seniors, that was the wide receiver. Opio Gary had left. Um, mm -hmm. We had Ryan Fulmer, who mm -hmm. uh, ended up becoming a wide receiver coach there. You had yep. uh, uh, yeah, some tight ends. I think Brent Hawkenberry was transferred. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hawkenberry, boy. I got to get him on here, boy. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, Hawk was something else. Yeah, and so it was, uh, it was uh, those guys, and then we had, um, uh, um, but the wide receivers, they 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 weren't there. Tim, coming back for his senior year, um, again, like you said, he already won every accolade before his senior year, so right. he's coming back faster, bigger, stronger arm because he's getting ready for the NFL. Um, right. Um, because his opportunities were coming. So um, I noticed, man, just Tim was throwing that ball and all of us, <laughs> you know, and everybody hitting people in the face and all types of shit. And coaches uh -huh. couldn't take it no more, you know, I think. Um, but I also was still working behind Sam. Um, I don't know what Sam's workout at that time was, uh, but I knew what mine was. Right, right. And Sam tells me this story about when, because um, it pissed him off so much. Because Tim looked at, I think he, I think Tim gave me a pitch. He gave me a pitch, and Tim just watched me run, and I just took off. Phew, you know, hit that corner, made a cut, made another cut, and I was gone. Right. Tim looked at Sam. He was like, "Sam, I don't know what you're gonna do." <laughs> he came back bigger, <laughs> came back faster and stronger. I don't know, Sam. Uh oh. But I also um and then after after practice one day, um it was a two-a-day, it was after a morning class, and we was like three days in already. Um and nobody was catching the ball. I mean, we went far and wide to find anyone. We started right. using cornerbacks, safeties and stuff. Ed Harriet. Yeah, yeah Ed <laughs> Harriet, you know. Um, but I went to Coach Walton. I went to Coach Walton and I said, uh I said, coach, I can catch, you know, if you give me an opportunity, I can, I think I can catch the ball. I know the route tree. I know the plays. I've been watching and paying attention. Uh, right. You give me, you give me a chance. Uh, so he said, okay, um, I want you to play some Z, you know, I want you to play that Z flanker position, um, second half of class. I want you to go with wide receivers. And I went over there my footwork was, was good, you know. Right, I right, right. can tell that I've been practicing. My work ethic was already there. Um, wide receivers were already kind of like struggling at that mm. point because they, they, you know, so they needed like a boost pickup of some things. And I mean, once we went on seven on seven and he was throwing that ball and I was just fucking it, right. you know, and then catching <laughs> it and tucking it and then going, you know, now I became a, a running back in open field at that point. Um, right. Coach Walton never moved me ever again. He gave me my position. And so you became a receiver. Never came yeah, off the field man. ever again. Yeah, it is, man. So you had some monster games. Now, may, please correct me if I'm wrong. Was it your last game of your career that you had a crazy st statistical game? Was that was that you? Yeah. If I remember, because let me tell you, let me, let me see. Was that against Dayton? No, 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 Duquesne. 
You came, yeah. Yeah, so let me tell you this. So I I, I, I don't know why I end up in town. It might have been uh, CeCe, Carl Connell. Gotta be on this podcast. Woo, yes. Carl Connell. But yeah, I think it was him that encouraged me to uh, come to the game. And I just remember Taiwan had just had a monster game too, maybe the week before or something. But then you, and I'm gonna tell you somebody else I respected that game is Dick DeMayo. Yep, yep. (laughs) Let me tell you something. You talking about getting your opportunity and making a statement, your last game of your career. Man, you know, you, cause you got a guy who's who's been a, a starter since his freshman year in front of you. You yeah. know you can play, but because of the competition, you just don't get a chance. But when you do, yes. Richard DeMayo, who's an offensive coordinator now at, um, um, where is he now? He's uh, with uh, Benzel at Westminster, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, so he was done. And you were killing it. My goodness. I, I think, what, 10 catches maybe? Yeah, I don't know why uh, I remember that. Yeah, it was like it was like nine catches, like a like a hundred and sixty-nine or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. something crazy. Yeah, yeah, man. And it was a night game too, and everybody Yes, was sir. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, man. I and and that's another thing. I mean, just looking at some of those guys that when they get that opportunity, Rich threw for 444 yards in that game. Mm. Broke, a, broke a NEC, I think that might have been an NEC record for a right. single game. Um, and like four touchdowns or something like that. Like he yeah, man. was some crazy numbers that day. Um, and yeah, which is interesting because even leading up to those years, even just now never coming off the field was right. the first time that I had a serious injury that kept me away from football. My, I've never been away from football since I was seven years old, you know? Right. So now I'm missing a whole season, half of the season. Um, five games, broke my leg, St. John's. Um, yeah. Uh, really came back and worked hard because I was coming into my own at that point. Um, I, I was like pretty much in my sophomore year of moving transitioning wide receivers in five games. Mm-hmm. Well, I was kind of getting acclimated in with our first game, but like the second, third, and fourth game, um, um, I was leading the NEC. Like I was up there in the top in all purpose. I was up there in all um, um, yards after catch in the whole nine. And I was, right. so I building up this thing, you know, um, homecoming that year, um, homecoming that year, moving to wide receiver, um, you know, seven catches to 167 yards, two touchdowns, you know, so I'm really finding my groove at this point. Right. Um, but uh, break your leg, man. you know, when you break your leg is that's something completely different, you know, right. Um, oh yeah. But came back with the expectation the following year. Uh came back with the fo- with the expectation the following year. Went back into my workout regiment, bigger, faster, stronger again. Um right. and they were expecting some really big things coming from me coming back from my injury. Um and then first game of the year, Sam goes down. Um and he has an ACL MCL tear. Um and I've always, I'm always desired to play running back. That's my first passion. Number one is I started to learn real quickly as a wide receiver that you're the last one to get the ball. 
So <laughs> anything can happen before that, you know, bad snap, uh, especially when your number's called, you know, bad right. snap, a sack happens, <laughs> you know, bad throw, the whole nine, you know? Right, right. Uh, that it had to, my competitiveness was, um, was sometimes getting the best of me because I could be wide open down the field, but if he don't see me, you know, it's kind of like frustrating, right? Right, right, uh, right. So I was always big on getting the ball into my hands as fast as possible. So pitches, you know, even if we, we didn't do like any quick squeeze like they do back, like what they used to do now. Right, um, right. Um, but uh, Sam went down, I did get an opportunity to play it again against Dayton, Dayton, um, Dayton again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second game of the year, I tore my um, my uh, meniscus. So um, I did finish the game against Dayton and had a pretty good game given the fact that I tore my knee right before halftime. Um, um, and I missed the whole season. Missed the whole season, had to get knee surgery. Um, you know, I started thinking more about my life, after study habits and everything else, because at that time I was into computers, but I really wasn't into computers. I was just doing it because that's what, you know, it's a parent's choice and kind of like that, but football was my thing. Um, so I switched my major over into the, like the finance side of things. Um, set me back a little bit, but I was able to pick up that extra year. Um, but that was the year that also Sam and I became best friends. So when he tore his knee and I tore my knee, um, um, we had, we had a string of injuries. Taiwan's ankle wasn't working too much. Um, so, um, I think that year they went two and two and eight or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Right. Um, Um, had a really rough year. Um, a lot of injuries. A lot of yeah, injuries I heard. Yeah, ton yeah, of, yeah. Ton of injuries. Um, yeah. But that was a that was a shift for me. That's when I started really getting into my book reading even more. Had more time mm. to educate myself on things. Um, you know, I had time to um I had time to really start reflecting, mm-hmm. you know, about my life and what I really wanted to do with it because now football didn't sound so much as a guaranteed lock no more. Right. You know? Um, um, And which also gave me the opportunities and shout out Coach Joe Walton for that because one year I decided to stay up on Robert Morris campus. Um, I stayed up on Robert Morris campus to work and also to go to summer school. So this was my first year not coming home. Right. from from that and I worked in a library mm-hmm. and so that gave me more access to books um, I was taking more notes um, me and me and Sam became really close me and Taiwan Taiwan ended up becoming my roommate um, yeah Taiwan and, Massey and, shout out to Taiwan Massey we gotta yeah, get him on here uh, uh, Robert Moore's Hall of Famer uh, not a couple years ago I, uh, statistically, uh, one of the top receivers, if not the top receiver. Uh, 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 but you got the uh, you the all-purpose guy, though. That's your thing, right? I'm that's, an that's all-purpose guy. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's right. Yes. You, you you marked all that up on, on the I wanted, all-purpose frames. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure these young guys are just all those things just wither away in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got, you, got, you got some, got some good ones. You got some. Yeah, got I some do. I do hold. I do hold some good ones. Want some yeah. that they won't ever be able to take from me. Yes, sir. Um, Robert Moore, they're, they're definitely doing a good job on their recruiting. They're they're showing up on some things a little bit better. So, yeah. but just don't, y'all better not take down my fat head. That's all I know, you know? So, <laughs> you got a fat head. That's dope. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. And it's right next to Taiwan's too. So that, that was pretty cool. Oh, that's, that's dope, yeah. man. Again, uh, honor that very few people get to have. Yeah. So you go, you go on a graduate uh, finance degree. Um, you work with, because uh, uh, we uh, almost running out of time. But I wanted to talk about your new drive if you will uh um i, I heard and in, in, in that you uh, uh was into yoga i had to go do my research and i'm like oh he's really into this so you're into this mindfulness and and, and yoga uh, uh movement and, and i know that a whole bunch of football players lord knows can use especially former football players old raggedy ones like myself who's in so much pain knee injuries lack of flexibility so uh, tell me about your your uh, your yoga journey, man, and, and, and as far as, as a, making that transition from a football mindset to yoga, that's, um, that's how a, that transition's been. That's a great that's a great point too because football is what led me into it for so many years. Um, um, you can feel you can feel the effect of football, and you'll know when you start to have it. Having knee surgery was one of them. I can mm -hmm. felt my body getting a little more tight, um, starting to pick up a little bit of weight. I was married at that time and started right, having right, kids. Right. Uh, right. Time became an essence, and um, you know one of my one of our coaches with my youth football program at the time, I started watching him um, just transform his body doing like right. yoga. And mm -hmm. I said, "Man, you, what are you doing?" He was like, man, you got to come with me to the studio. You know, it's like, it was a hot yoga studio at that, too. And, um, you know, I did go in there and you hit you you hit it right on the head. I All I wanted to do at first was to touch my toes and take away some of the pain, you know, of just tight <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but as I started keeping doing it, you're going into this thing and you have like a competitive mindset, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to compete against because now if you compete so much, you're actually competing more so against yourself, mm. you know, and when you have to practice mindful movements with your body, being a little bit more compassionate without, like I talked about for years, working out for five hour days and power cleaning and snatching and all these other things could have put all these different types of stresses. And I asked a lot for my body over the years playing football. Right. Um, that the more I kept doing it, the more I kept kicking my butt. And, you know, <laughs> like, you know, now mind you, I always got to prove myself, right? Right, right, right. You know, but the more I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting it, but not frustrating the point where I wanted to stop because the benefits of still me going through the motions was, was still felt great. Right. And I stuck with it. I stuck with it, Coach Mo. Um, you know, at the beginning, it was kind of like on and off, you know, I kind of like, all right, I'll come back to it. But you, I just started feeling the effects of it. And it just felt like night and day. Um, 
But as we were transitioning, I was, again, I was married at the time, sometimes don't work. And um, knowing where the place that we were in, in that transition, mm -hmm. um, became a little bit more difficult. I think we, as ex-football players, we find ways to sedate ourselves. So I found ways to sedate myself, um, to take my, my reasoning away from kind of like how I felt about myself. Um, being an ex-football player and being where at a point where everybody's cheering for you and you're doing all these great things to being home sometimes you ain't getting no cheer yeah man <laughs> you know? oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yes, sir there's a, a lot of people dealing with that man on yeah. all levels man it's not just a professional man it's yes. those who miss that those cheers Yes. Yeah. And and but we connected ourselves with that, right? We saw our, our self-identification as being a part of that. Right. Um, that when those things start to fade away, like like we were just talking about with the sands of time, like where where do you end up becoming, you know? Um right. who do you become when you're alone? Who are you when mm. you're alone? You know, Ooh. um so I, after a while, I started to recognize that man in the mirror again. You know, I started to realize kind of like the work, my, my mind clarity of like certain movements and getting certain blood flow going through. Um, stuck with it, so I just didn't stop. And now to this day, um, I'm I'm a certified yoga teacher. I'm working on some programs with Yoga Alliance and. You know, I've got a program for the special needs population and a company that serves them. So even in that process and, and yoga and that self-reflection and that, that self-meditation, um, I don't think I could have even imagined this. Um, like all the beautiful things are great, but the best thing out of it is that I feel good within my mind, you know? Good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So glad to hear that, especially as it relates to the mindful piece and, and pe that people make this, this separation of mind and body when, you know, they're one and the same, you know. Yes. And, and, and so what would you tell a former football player, for, let's say from the teams that won with you, to the 2000 team, yes. so your former college classmates, football players, who now we, we a couple years out, right? Yes. Uh, we, what were we talking about? What? Tw that's 20 years. 20 yes. years ago, man. 20 years ago. My God, brother. 20 years ago. Oh, Lord have mercy. So what would you tell those guys from that team who might be right now back is stiff, legs, joints are hurting, uh, 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 hips, knees? What would you, as far as a place to start, because again, there's still this stigma around yoga as this you know, people, guys are too hard and too tough, you know, uh, to do some yeah. yoga. And, and people even throw religion reasons as to why they don't do yoga and, and totally complicate this thing. So yeah. what would you tell someone that to, to, to introduce them to uh, yoga, mindfulness? Uh, what would you tell them? Our, our former teammates, but just people in general. Yeah, but definitely for our former teammates and, and coaches, all the people that were a part of our lives, family and friends, um, is is to even if you just want to start, just just start and start. It can start at home. 
Um, if they had a local studio, they can always come to any of my virtual classes, but I'm not promoting. I can provide. No, 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 sir. Promote it, promote it, promote it, promote it. That's what this is for. Remember, this ain't about me. I want, I want you to shine, shine, brother. You can always, you can always uh, go to. Uh, I got a couple of websites. One is being uh, Synergy. That's S Y N. E-R-G-Y dot yoga. Um, we offer online classes. So right now we're doing it through Zoom. So we're able to see you and you're able to see us and help you along those lines of um, helping to get introduced to that. Um, especially if you live in a rural area where that's not as accessible as, as that. Um, but to where to really start is to lie down on your back. Mm -hmm. Turn off the lights. Close your eyes. And just listen to yourself breathe. The body's going to start to create this awareness within itself to show you where the places are stiff. It's going to start speaking to you. It's going to start speaking to you or through the antiness and, you know, just laying there. You're going to start moving around. You're going to start thinking about something else. Or you're going to start scratching your head. Or you're going to just start talking. You got to start talking out loud. Just give it a chance. Give a chance to just take some time. And it doesn't have to be long. Five minutes is enough to know what we can do to help with our body. How can we work with our awareness and our own personal consciousness to heal the body? So that energy is the same thing that's, that we're able to collectively come up with as a thought to have an idea of where we can start. Um, but yeah, do that. Walk on your feet a lot more barefoot. Start to feel the different places within the body, within the bottom of your feet. Stretch, sit on your ankles, sit on your toes, get right into the bottom of those feet where you start to work like different angles because that's reflexology and all your nerve endings are down there on your feet right so mm -hmm. um so these are like a couple of things i would say from an immediate standpoint which you can do um gotcha. the other place is is find a, a community that can help again this is a non-denominational this is a non-religious spiritual type of way of doing things of course traditions which they see is you know, Hinduism, they, they can find, um, you know, all these other type of um, these things that is connected with it. Um, but they practice yoga in Egypt. They practice it during the times of Egypt um, and Kemet. And it's written on their walls on the forms of exercises that they had to also do. Um, in which Africa and India and a lot of those um, regions did a lot of trading of knowledge and the science of knowledge. Mm. Um, <clears throat> And so um, you find a lot of, you find still a lot of rich history that's connected to Africa in a lot of these other cultures too. Um, um, and so, you know, and if it, if, if that is a way, just do your research. I mean, reach out to someone, you can always call. You always feel free to shoot me an email. You can shoot me an email at Dante, D-A-N-T-E, at SWAT, SWAT, S-W-A-T, fit fitdc.com they can always hit me up with any questions or concerns if i don't know the answer i can definitely guide you but i've never felt forced to chant something you know that i don't understand or do all these different things um 
it will be more so known as mindful movements than it will be um but yoga yoga is a strange sanskrit word that just means one with one with yourself one with the god within you you know if that's what you believe in um but non-denominationals are always there i practice next to muslims christians seven day events i practice with so many different people um that has been it's been helpful for everyone so they can continue to serve and do what they do best yeah. Hey man, I love it, man. I appreciate that, and of course we're gonna post all your stuff uh, as far as your hashtags, your, your 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 social media, whatever you want. We're gonna post that uh, um for the podcast, man. I appreciate you, little brother, man. You hold it down, and, and maybe we can do something related to you. Uh, uh, I don't know. When, when next time we in person, we gonna do some stuff together as far as go through a routine, stretch routine. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna need you to put me on something specific for this knee, man. I'm, uh, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I need you, brother. I need you. All right. So that's the end of this episode of Mofo. Uh, be on the lookout for some more episodes. Uh, bring him. I'm gonna be interviewing some more. Robert Morris University uh, uh, football players from that era and from my era when I played. So, and as well as some other people that I've met throughout uh, walks of life, uh, throughout my journey, especially within the context of my educational experience. So, um, looking forward to doing this, man, and uh, uh, into the world. I say thank you and uh, looking forward to some more. More bad peace. We out. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, brother, man, be easy.